I'm gonna watch my team go and do this stuff down in A-Sound. We don't drink. has time firing down the middle and it's intercepted. Cody Brown has the interception with some blockers. Now to midfield. And Cody Brown. Jones goes down though. Try to, the ball is loose. It's out and it's picked up for a touchdown. Edmund Robinson. The sack, the fumble recovery, the touchdown. Instead, they get it to Nagel, and that play is not going to go anywhere. As a matter of fact, it's picked off. What? Oh, my God. It never hit the ground. And Gates has it for Houston. Down in A-Sound, we don't brag the both. What's going on, football fans? This is the XFL Show, and this is a recap of the first-ever XFL Texas Throwdown and the Houston Roughnecks victory over the Dallas Renegades, 27-20. to This is Bryant. This is your robber bandit stealing from the Renegades, and I don't need no scarf to cover my face. Allen, take it away from Dallas all day long. <laughs> All day long. Alan, that was a story, at least of the first quarter for sure, probably the rest of the game. The way the Roughnecks started the game is the way they ended it, by taking that football away from the Dallas Renegades. Beginner standards, dude, I told you. And, you know, they, they beginner to entered, but they, they made it interesting. Credit to Dallas for fighting in this game. When you have five turnovers and you still only lose by seven, Again, I'm going to say it. Dallas has not played a full football game. Imagine what they would be like, what their record would be, how impressive they would look if they could just put the four quarters together. But Houston, they make the plays at the right times. That This is one of – and I mean, I'm talking any level of football. This Houston team is proving they just make the big play at the right moment all the time. It, it, all, that interception by Marcus Gates at the end, unbelievable. Stick them on the hands – the announcers didn't even realize he intercepted it. It was insane. Yeah, it was a interception that was just really off of the fingertips. It just flipped, and it like flipped up in the air long enough for him to grab Allen. The entire game, though, uh, seemed weird because we didn't really get that much out of P.J. Walker like we're used to. Uh, it's still a great game, you know, 25-41, um, 239 yards, two TDs and an interception. But really... You know, we we didn't see Cam Phillips, only one reception for nine yards. I don't think he's winning the XFL Player of the Week this week. Streaks over. But Houston did what they had to do. We say that a lot in this show and a lot about these teams. But P.J. Walker just had a great game, just sub-P.J. Walker standards. I mean, he threw the one pick, but uh, if you go by what June Jones was yelling at the receiver about (laughs) afterwards, it wasn't really P.J. Walker's fault. P.J. Walker still made some dazzling plays, ran in a a three-point conversion. He hit Nick Hawley a bunch of times. I mean, he was... He was dazzling. He did. He did his job. He made the timely throws. He didn't have a gigantic stats game. I think Jordan Tamu is right now probably your front runner for uh, Player of the Week for Star of the Week. Uh, PJ Walker um, still looked great. I thought. I mean that he he was getting some pressure too. Frank Alexander and that Dallas front were were really on, especially when they had to buckle down and really you know keep the team alive Dallas's defense came to play today and PJ Walker against the defense that was really really in tuned I mean they were seeing the field well Darren Deron Smith had a great game too but still 
even with that, P.J. Walker got it done. And I, I'm say that's the same old P.J. Walker we're getting used to now. Four weeks in, that's him, man. He just makes the plays. Well, you got to credit the Dallas defense for what they did. They held uh, Houston off as long as they could, really. Uh, two field goals in that first half, I'm sorry, in that first quarter when Landry Jones had three interceptions. So to hold a team of this high-powered offense to only two field goals after three turnovers in the same quarter, I mean, that speaks volumes to this Dallas Renegades defense and and what they've been able to do in the yeah. past. We saw them do it to Jordan Tommy in week one. You know, if, we, if, we don't if really Dallas, talk about the defense. Yeah, but. if Dallas wins this game, I might give star of the week to all their guys on D or one of them because they it was all near heroic just keeping them in the game. At the end, of course, though, they couldn't make that last stop when, you know, they turned the ball over, but who could blame them? I mean, five turnovers, geez, man, it's asking a lot out of your defense. But Josh Hawkins absolutely shut down Cam Phillips. They game-planned him, so they took him out of the game. Good job there. You had Deron Smith playing great in the middle of the field, reading and reacting to what P.J. Walker was doing, got the big pick. And he had Frank Alexander up front, I thought, getting wreaking havoc, batting down balls and getting sacks. So, Dallas's defense all around, they, they I thought, put in a winning performance. This offense needs to put together an entire game. And I don't know if Hal Mummy, I mean, this is Hal Mummy. He's expecting easy throws to be made all game long with those crossing routes and the air raid, but the turnovers killed him. And you would have think, thought, man, they should have just kept pounding the ball early in the game because the run game was working. Cameron Artis Payne looked like he was on another level. Uh, he did, and the run the run game seems to be a, a very big strength for this Dallas Renegades. But I'll tell you what isn't a strength going into Week Five, and that's going to be their quarterback because right now it's a question mark. Landry Jones down, ice packs, big of them, big ice packs on his knee uh, in the fourth quarter. Did not return. Same knee that he Sad. injured in training camp to start the season. Uh, it's really not uh, something you want to see. Philip Nelson came in and did what he could. He was actually looking good managing that offense, but in reality. We're, we're talking about the struggles of the Dallas Renegades offense, and they just lost their quarterback. So Even. Uh, we don't know how long, what the extent is, but it didn't look good. You know, he was sitting there uh, with tears in his eyes, it almost looked like. Yeah, it was bad, hard. going to happen next. It, it was hard, to, hard watch. to look at, hard yeah. to see, hard to watch. But all, even all, that's all what's puns, crazy, though. All, all the sayings. But that's yes. what's crazy. Landry Jones goes down, and we're thinking, oh, they're screwed now because if he's out, they're, you know, that's going to be tough. We've seen Philip Nelson. He's not really able to move the ball, at least in that first week against St. Louis. And in this game, he got it downfield with the help of a, a penalty. But Landry Jones playing bad still was the best thing for the Dallas Renegades. So now with if it's Philip Nelson moving forward, they lose this game. Now they're 2-2 two and two in big trouble. If you're an L.A. Wildcats fan or a Seattle Dragons fan, even with your losses this weekend, I think moving forward, the West is still going to be wild and wide open. Uh, for the second half of the season when we get there uh, and we're gun- gunning for that that playoff spot because it looks like Houston is, is going to be locked in you know, before the season's over, Bryant, the way they're oh. clicking. And it's going to be up to who can get that last spot uh, that, that's in the semifinal for the, for the Western side of the playoffs. And uh, this loss for Dallas really hurts them. And, and more importantly, the loss of Landry Jones hurts them. Although we could also make the argument in this game, this is instant reaction. The Donald Parham touchdown, if that's actually overturned and they don't end up scoring there, this is uh, actually maybe a blowout because that was kind of a lucky call. 
Yeah, some questionable calls on the replay booth. Also, at the very end with that first down that they gave them, I thought they could have looked at that, looked at that, and maybe put make it a fourth down on that last drive. Or I'm sorry, that last push by the Houston Roughnecks. Uh, Alan, some last minute stats here that I'll throw at you. Players on the offense for the Houston Roughnecks: Nick Holly blew up eight receptions, 97 yards, and a friend touchdown. of the show. And then yes, and then another friend of the show, uh, Philip Nagel. Six receptions. Flynn Nagel. Get the name right. He's our friend. Sorry. Flynn (laughs) Flynn Nagel, excuse me. Six receptions, 76 yards. Uh, He looked really good. Also on special teams, he was doing the play. He made some unbelievable catches as well. Uh, The yardage, maybe not, and the receptions may not be there. The fans that conversion. Yeah, the conversion. Yeah, yeah, the conversion was great. Look. Dallas, unfortunately, has some big problems to deal with because they lost their quarterback. And now, you know, you know, who knows what's happening next? Houston, on the other hand, again, I think more so than any other team in this league. And Alan, you can tell me if you disagree with me, has played the same game for four games. They run out. They outrun you. They they, they just they, they score more points than you. And then they hold you down at the very end. And that's what they did today. I guess the Dallas Renegades uh, when they win 27 to 20. Well, I think a lot of other teams are playing the same game each and every week. Unfortunately for them, it's the same bad game uh, as for Dallas. It's you know <laughs> not playing point. in the first quarter. Uh, for DC, the last two weeks, it's not moving the ball at all, really. Um, but you know th- this Houston Roughnecks team, they just make like I said, they make the timely play. So when they need a touchdown early in the game to get the thing going, they get it early on. They start the scoring off usually. When they need a turnover or a sack or a stop, they get it and they buckle down. And yeah, they're 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 showing they got grit early on. This is a team that any semblance of adversity they face, they instantly react to it and they got it covered. And man, they have a good time doing it. I mean, it, unfortunately, I don't think they meant when they said when the one player on the sidelines and the camera caught him said, Get Landry Jones the bleep out of here. He meant get him, you know hurt him and, and get him out of the game but they were picking him off left and right having a great time and the fact <laughs> that this game was that close with five turnovers for dallas still speaks to me that dallas is a capable football team this defense how about you bright you were saying oh it'd be easy for houston they did not have that easy of a time with the dallas defense dallas's defense came to play uh, not as easy as i thought they would but i think uh, at the end of the game, at the end of the day, it was Houston's game to lose, uh, really, with what they were doing and, and moving the football and being able to control Landry Jones the way they did. Landry Jones, not only did he have three interceptions, a fumble that was returned back for a touchdown, as well as how many? I think he had three three and outs in this game, uh, not favoring his defense at all in any way, shape, or form, not giving them any rest was Landry Jones. So Houston's defense, you know, controlled Landry Jones. I know they got close 21 to 20 towards the end, but. You know, Houston, I was confident that Houston was going to win. People were saying that this was going to be a close game, that this was going to be, you know, possibly a Dallas game it was going to be one of those types of, you know, down to the second games. And, and in, one, in some ways it was, but really uh, I, I didn't I didn't watch the game and think, okay, Houston's not going to win this game. Oh, I definitely thought Dallas was going to be pulling it out at the end. I thought they were going to get in the end zone, go for two, take the lead. They were right there. They were right there. And they it's a, it's a bad breaks. I mean, and then the you talk about the f- the fumble scoop and score for Edmund Robinson like that seemed like a f- fluky bad luck snake bitten play for Landry Jones. A lot 
bounced Houston's way in this game, but a, you know a little bit went to Dallas's way. And this ultimately, I think, as we finish off our our instant assessment, Brian, because I got to watch this game back and have deeper conversation about it. I already on the big have show. a few times, <laughs> but I will. But <laughs> overall, as as the first Texas throwdown, I think this delivered in every single possible way. It was. The, one, the most exciting game of the weekend. It was arguably the most exciting game of the year. It had big plays. It it felt like a big football game, and it, it was loud. It was super entertaining. I cannot wait for the next one in Week Nine. Yeah, the fans, the the, the environment, the the atmosphere. Did you hear that they were selling, or they were including a ticket to the opposing game if you'd like, uh, in their season ticket packages for both teams? Yeah, that's that's awesome and definitely a must. I love it. <laughs> So it was a pretty great environment there. Uh, fans looking looking like they had a great time and also a great game for them to watch. Looking ahead real quick, Alan, before we get out of here, Houston's going to be hosting the Dragons. Uh, the Dragons looking for that victory to hopefully get back in that playoff picture. They're only a game back. Uh, Houston, uh, you know, looking to go 5-0. and It actually might happen. We'll see. And then Dallas is going to be hosting the New York Guardians, a game that should be winnable. You know, we've, we know the New York Guardians finally won a game, kind of got out of their hole, but they're still not looking as good as Dallas has the last few weeks. So both teams can come out with a win next week, uh, setting up a more exciting uh, Texas throwdown in week nine for sure. But for right now, they, they both have some things to work on, but I think Houston's headed in the right direction. Dallas, I don't know what direction they're headed in because they lost their quarterback. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Landry Jones. Houston, uh, the the awesome start to the season continues. The West is wide open, and I think uh, most importantly, as we finish up here, last thing I want to say is uh, Houston, did you know, fun fact, is the only Texas team in the XFL to ever win a home game? <laughs> and, uh, and they've, they've never lost in the state of Texas. Ever. They, they, they've never yeah. lost to the state of Texas. Reno in the state of Texas. And of all the Actually, Texas what? teams, of all the teams in Texas in the XFL, only the Houston Roughnecks have won any anywhere in Texas. Home, away, anywhere. Well, anywhere in the United States, period, is what we'll say for right now. Uh, they have not lost a game yet on this planet. All right, football fans. Well, that was number three of our recaps. We did a couple recaps yesterday uh, for the New York Guardians. Check win over out. LA and. And the Battlehawks win over the Dragons yesterday. Check them out. Go back. Listen to them on YouTube at youtube.com slash XFL, XFL.com, or on the podcast feed as well. Uh, hit that subscribe button if you haven't. Uh, we'll be back here for one more uh, when the Tampa Bay Vipers and the D.C. Defenders finish their game. And that'll wrap up week four. And then you can always listen to us every Tuesday morning and Thursday night. All right. For Alan, I'm Brian. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.